don't know. The Sound okay. of Music. I'm thinking of that. I can't remember her name in that. Oh, um, Julie Andrews. But it, I mean, Julie that's the actress. Andrews. But um, the hell is her name? I don't know. The Nun. Whatever. Yeah. I can't wait. That's shocking. My grandmother would be like, what the hell do you mean you don't remember? It's blank. Blah, 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 blah. What Dang is it. her name? I'm thinking Von Trapp is the family. M- Marie? That's the family. Marie? Maria? Maria. I don't know. Keep going. I'm going to look it up. No. I only saw it for the first time when I was like in my 30s. So. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I had never seen no it. No way. Yeah, my I mom can't was talk. <laughs> yeah. Um... I think it's Maria. Maria. Yeah. Look at you. Baron. Wait. What the hell? I can't. I don't know. You were right. I would love um, information that actually was useful to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Stupid shit like this in my head. Um, But listen, whatever. It is what it is. Ugh. Say that shit. Woof. Wait, what? <laughs> Cheers. I'm Hello, everyone. We are back. Sorry for the brief hiatus we took, but what's important is we are here now. Um, I'm Caitlin, and I'm uh, here with my co-host, Kendall. Hey, girl. Hi, honey. Um, as you may know... Um, Kendall left his life in Fort Worth to go live in a schoolie and travel around the U.S. So before we jump into today's episode, um, would you maybe tell us what you've been up to and where you're headed, um, you know, where you are now, maybe, you know, what the plan is? Yeah, sure. So right now I'm actually in Scottsdale, Arizona, and it is fabulous. Um I'm here for a week, and then um, I'm back to the bus in Flagstaff, Arizona, which is also amazing. If you're ever in, like, the area, Flagstaff is the shit. Um, And then I'm thinking about maybe uh, settling down there just for a couple weeks, like, four to six weeks to do some work, and then be back on the road, and the next destination is um, just just north of the Utah border for start of the big five so you've got zion and bryce and i think arches all right there in the same area is your outlook on life changing because of all the beautiful shit that you're seeing yeah yeah it's a lot easier to be patient with people yeah really (laughs) yeah yeah because it gets you realize how small we are compared to just it's just a constant reminder of like yeah this is Take this in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's been really, really great so far, and I'm really looking forward to the, the next. I, that's probably in like six weeks or so. So that's great. Well, take it in while you're there, and just yeah, slow down and enjoy the the weather and the people and the lack of people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it'll yes. be great. Well, good. Um, okay, so. I mean, over here, I just have cicadas invading my city, as I told you. Here they come. Yeah. Yeah. Their dead bodies are all over the sidewalks. Um, So that's also zen. Uh, You know, you have sunrises and sunsets. (laughs) I have dead, giant bugs that came out of the ground like a horror movie. (laughs) 
So I did look that up, and it is pretty wild. The seven they live underground for seventeen years, and then all of a sudden they're just everywhere. And they're fucking huge. And like, why? Why is God mad at us? He gave us plague. Now he's giving us pestilence. Thank God I have a daughter so that the firstborn son getting taken is not going to be my problem. Unless it's like turning the Potomac into blood. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a plan. I'm freaking out. But I'll just be hiding inside my house because they're like hitting the windows and stuff like as they're flying around and I can see them out my window. And I'm like, I can't so, imagine. I know. I mean, they'll be gone in like two weeks or three weeks or something. They'll all be dead on the ground. They'll all be dead. Ugh. Yeah. But ugh. it's like, what's the point of hiding underground for 17 years to come up for three weeks and then right. like, go burrow again? Just stay down. Just stay down there. Just evolve yeah. into what, ground critters. What's another year? Yeah. Just ugh. stay. Anyway. Gross. Yeah, so that's my zen. That's my, that's my um, getting my perspective on life helping me. And like, death is coming. The Armageddon is here. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So uh, let's go on to the question of the episode today. All right. Don't take this. Don't take this in and make it difficult. Make it very simple and easy. Don't overthink it. Okay. Oh, Okay. Make up a story in three sentences right now. It can be it, three sentences is all I ask. It could be literally about anything. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't matter. But I want a beginning, a middle, and an end. So try like sentence one beginning, sentence two middle, sentence three end. It's just for fun. Just throw throw one at me. Okay. The dog crossed the river. Mm-hmm. The dog saw the stars. The dog never stopped going. <gasps> that was a good is that all right that was better than all right that was really good poetry Poetry. you're gonna see (laughs) you're gonna see why that was so good like technically but that was actually like really good that was cute and inspirational okay today's drink let's just get that out of the way before we Mm -hmm. dive in i got a lot of information here but i tried to make it fun and funny so again you know you know how she'd do it's yes. a lot of info, but I'm going to break it up and like always just jump in and, and let me know your thoughts. Cool. The drink of the episode today is the tall tale. I tried to go with a drink instead that had just a really cool backstory or folklore or legend. And they're really, I mean, there was the Tom Collins, but we already did that one. So yeah. I really was like at a loss. So I decided to just go a little more on the nose. Um, the tall tale. Uh, two ounces tequila, one ounce lemon juice, half ounce agave nectar, two cucumber wheels, two blackberries, and two ounces ginger beer. Mm. Mm-hmm. You could sit mm-hmm. on a porch and drink mm-hmm. that in the heat. Yes. If cicadas aren't flying into it. If <laughs> <laughs> They ruin everything. Um, okay. You muddle the cucumber and blackberries in a mixing glass. You add tequila, lemon juice, agave nectar, and ice. Shake and strain into a tall glass with a ton of ice and top with ginger beer. Stir it. Garnish with a cucumber wheel. And that's it. Very refreshing. Delicious. Yeah, it sounds good. Oof. Ugh. Ugh. Especially in the heat. Like, again, it just sounds just so nice. It's, but there's barely, compared to some of the cocktails we do, there's barely any alcohol in this. Like, it's just basically sugar and, you know, fruit. And then occasionally, like, a little, a little splash of tequila. Um, okay. So today's 
topic is the art of storytelling. Um, whether you uh, like to write, you like to read, or if you just like to watch movies and shows, um, there are rules that people follow to make sure that it's a good and engaging story. So we're going to break down what some of those things are. And by the time we're done with this episode, you should be able to watch something, read something, or even write something if that's your vibe um, with a better conscious recognition of what a good story is. Okay. Yeah, it'll be fun. I think it's going to be uh, a good one and lots of fun little nuggets that you can remember when you sit little and watch tidbits. Netflix. Yeah. So let's start with a huge concept um, that most writers know all about, but it doesn't necessarily hit mainstream like population. It's called the hero's journey. It's just a template. So there were some hero myth studies like done and they were trying to recognize patterns in all these different religions um like what's going on and why do they all have this in common among storytelling um and this was popularized these studies by joseph campbell in the 1940s some fun facts joseph campbell was influenced by carl Jung and his analytical psychology oh wow coming back 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 everybody yeah. listened to the carl Jung podcast it sounds like back yeah they did days. they did mm-hmm. the whole the whole series they listened to every episode <laughs> they didn't miss a beat um yeah so uh anyway campbell used the hero's journey idea um, which is also called the monomyth to deconstruct and compare religions, as I said. So he just want to break them down and say, like, what do these things have in common? And what, like, how is how are they telling stories? And why are they keeping these certain nuggets out of storytelling? He published a book in 1949, Campbell did, called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And actually, George Lucas used Campbell's template when he wrote Star Wars. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, um I'm going to combine a little bit of here and there of like, it's not important. I just want to do like a disclaimer. Um, So, you know, you have Joseph Campbell's original version and then, you know, there might be some other variations of things, Um, but whatever, doesn't matter. One of them is Christopher Vogler in 2007, whatever. I said it, don't care, moving on. So basically you've got your hero. We know that in most stories, like there's some hero character, the main character often. Okay, so then what? So I'm going to use Harry Potter as just that first one as an example. So are you familiar with the first Harry Potter movie or book? Okay. I was really hoping you were. I almost texted you this morning just to ask you because I could have taken a different um, route with it. And I was like, I I think he's seen it. I think he's seen it. Okay, good. Good, good, good. So you're going to get all these references then. I love it. I was really, I was like, ooh, there's going to be a lot of names and he's not going to get out of if he hasn't seen it. So, okay. Perfection. Here we go. Think of a story like a play and you've got three acts. This is every story. This is a like a, every good action story or a hero story. You've got um, act one is the departure. Act two is the initiation. And act three is the return. So we're going to break those down and make them make sense. And I'm going to use Harry Potter as an example because it's a perfect example, often very literal to this template. Okay. Uh, okay. The, so in act one. The very start of it, uh, you've got the hero living an ordinary life, boring old day, whatever, ain't no thing, I'm ordinary, nothing's fun. In Harry Potter, Harry lives with his aunt and uncle who make him sleep in the cupboard under the stairs. That's his everyday in and out life. 
Right. Right. And then um, next in line of this, like, you know, these rules is you've got the call to adventure. In Harry Potter, he receives a letter from Hogwarts asking him to attend. So that's the that's the natural next step. You know, they fill it in. They fill in little bits here and there um, with other things. But this is the backbone of it. Uh, next, you've got the refusal of the call. That's like where he, where the hero doubts or questions what's going on and, and uh, hesitates. So in Harry Potter, that means Harry is unsure of what's real and what isn't real. And he has trouble accepting that he's a real wizard. Uh, remember he doubts like that he moved the glass or whatever made the glass disappear in the zoo Mm -hmm. Um, so he's doubting kind of that this is all happening Um, as far as he knows his parents were killed in a car crash not by you know spoiler spoiler it's been fucking 30 (laughs) 30 years years. (laughs) not by an evil wizard so right okay so that's so you've got again the like what is it the um like ordinary life then you've got the call to adventure then you've got the refusal of like taking of the call like he's not answering the call to go to his destiny or whatever so then next in line is called supernatural aid and this is usually where the mentor character comes in not always but usually it is that was like Morpheus in the Matrix. That Ooh, was Gandalf yeah. in the Lord of the Rings. That was Harry Potter. Or sorry, and in Harry Potter, it starts as Hagrid. Hagrid yeah. is the supernatural aid. He's the one that convinces Harry he's a wizard and takes him to Hogwarts. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. She, J.K. Rowling follows these templates later in the books, in the other books, but Hagrid moves into another archetype, like another um, another character kind of role when Dumbledore comes in. So the supernatural aid slash mentor becomes Dumbledore and Hagrid kind of moves to another role. Um, but we'll talk about that later. So, got it. So now our hero is ready to set out. So the natural next step in the story is for the hero to cross the first threshold. So this is a literal threshold that Harry crosses. Do you know what it is? Yes, it is whenever he crashes into the brick wall and it goes to the train station. Exactly right. Nailed it. Harry crosses the literal barrier. It's platform nine and three quarters at King's Cross Station, leaving the normal world behind him and crossing into the magical one. So this is, and you could do the same template for Star Wars. You could do it for almost any story. Um, But anyway, okay. Now we're moving on. Uh, this is the time uh, now that he's crossed that first threshold that challenges and temptations start. So the hero usually goes into some sort of abyss, like where death and rebirth of some kind happens inevitably. So he's struggling, he's learning, he's growing, he fails or like doubts himself, whatever. All these trials and and, and temptations are coming at him. Um, this doesn't necessarily mean literal death in every story. It just means that they're changed. They're like this rebirth means like they're changed forever from this experience. So in uh, Harry's situation, he's got lots of trials. He's got lots of tribulations um, during his first year at Hogwarts. And then it all culminates when he meets uh, and temporarily defeats Voldemort at the end of the first book. Um, again, 1997, you had your chance <laughs> to read it if yeah. you <laughs> or see the movie. Um, Harry actually physically goes downstairs at Hogwarts, like down into the 
bottom, like somewhere in there, um, not unlike an abyss and is confronted uh, by the villain Voldemort. Um, so again, following very much to a T these rules. So then finally, uh, we've got the return of the hero who is now better, wiser, more evolved than before his journey started. Um, so Harry returns to his aunt and uncle's house for the summer, happy and safe in the knowledge that he has a new home at Hogwarts and he is a motherfucking sorcerer. <laughs> Hell yes. So. Pour one out. Yeah. So does that does that all make sense? Like in terms of the like template of how you, how stories are like the hero stories told? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember learning. I think we did. um Oh, I'm going to screw this up. It's not the Odyssey. Mm. But we we did some kind of study on this like where we like read how it works and then read a book that was like just like that. And it was like pick uh, them out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is reminding me. This is, this is, I mean, there's a lot of shit I forgot. But. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's a lot of story templates. Like, you know, how you tell a story. And again, the person, the villain kind of t- could be you know the sea or it could be you know it doesn't have to be like an actual bad guy um so it comes in many forms is all i'm saying so now that we talked about all that that little circle of how to how to tell a hero story um let's chat about some character archetypes so the way that they build characters there's also a template for this um yeah so um these are the um generally the same characters that come back over and over in most stories in some iteration. So I'm sure you'll, you'll recognize a lot of these. Um, and then note, like characters can often be more than one of these archetypes, um, as you'll see in a minute, cause I'm going to give you examples, but um, the basic idea is like, if it's one of these characters, the, these are his personality traits and like this strengths is... and weaknesses kind of thing. Okay. 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 And I'll, I'll use Harry Potter, um, as well as some other just basic famous characters um, as examples. Okay. Okie dokie. So, we've got The Lover. By the way, there's 12 of these, but okay. The Lover. This is usually the romantic lead who is guided by the heart. Um, strengths include humanism, passion, conviction. Their weaknesses are usually naivete, naivete um, and irrationality. So I would argue that this this lover character doesn't always have to actually be a love interest. Um, but some famous lovers are obviously Romeo, Juliet, Scarlett O'Hara in um, Gone with the Wind. Uh, okay. In Harry Potter, I would say this is just I didn't find this in notes like in articles or anything. I would argue that um, the lover character is actually Ron Weasley in the yeah, form of that. a loyal friend. Yeah. He's naive, he's true, like, loyal, loving, leads with his heart kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I see that. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. The, the next one is obviously the hero. We can guess what this one is. The protagonist who rises to meet a challenge and saves the day. Huzzah. Um, their strengths are courage, perseverance, and honor. Their weaknesses include overconfidence and hubris. So... Some famous heroes are like Achilles, Luke Skywalker, as I've established, and Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry yes. Potter. Potter. <laughs> All day. That was good. <laughs> Thanks. Um, 
Okay, so next is the magician. Um, this is a powerful figure who has harnessed the ways of the universe to achieve their goals. Their strengths may include omniscience, uh, omnipotence, and discipline, while their weaknesses center on corruptibility or arrogance. So these blend in with other another one that we're going to talk about, but Gandalf is a magician. Morpheus is a uh, from again the Matrix is um, the magician. Dumbledore is the magician, um, and again this can always this is very naturally blends into a mentor um, character, okay. but also Sherlock Holmes is is an example of a magician archetype. Again, if we read it again, he, like super smart, super disciplined, like all knowing, but uh-huh. corruptible, arrogant. Uh-huh. So still fits oh, that wow. theme. He's not okay. he's not a hero. He's more of the magician archetype. And then we just follow him around as the audience rather than following the hero around. Yeah. And again, he he is our hero, so these all kind of blend into each other. It just depends on what kind of perspective and how you're telling the story. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Next, the outlaw. This is the rebel who will not abide by society's demands. Um, the outlaw can be a bad guy, but isn't always a bad guy. Um, the outlaw's strengths include independent thinking and skepticism, but their weaknesses include self-involvement and criminality. So, among famous outlaws, we've got Han Solo. Did you ever okay. watch Star Wars? Yes, but I tried to do it like the right way, and yeah. then I kind of... I, it's all screwed up, but I have seen it, but I need to do it again. It's a whole franchise. I mean, it's so much. It's such yeah. an investment. But, um, okay. Yeah, so Han Solo is one of those guys. Tallahassee from Zombieland. Do you know? Did you oh, ever see Zombieland? Oh, I love him. Yeah. Yes. That's uh, Woody, Woody Allen. Woody. No. Harrelson. 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 Yeah. Harrelson. But exactly. I knew you'd know that one. I threw that one in there. It wasn't even in my notes. And I'm like, I know he knows who that is. Mm-hmm. Um. And then uh, for Harry Potter, you've got Sirius Black. Sirius Black is this guy. Um, You know, he doesn't follow the rules. You know, he's on the run, whatever. He's a criminal, um, whatever. Um, And again, he's blend. So he's like Sirius becomes a mentor character too. But anyway, blah, blah. Yes. Okay. Next one is the Explorer. Uh, a character naturally driven to push boundaries and find what's next. Their strengths, curious, driven, motivated by self-improvement. They are weak in that they are restless, unreliable, or never satisfied. So Shit. famous explorers would include Odysseus. Um, yes, 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 yes. Huckleberry Finn. Okay. And I think maybe a teensy bit Hermione Granger. Hermione, I was gonna say Hermione, yeah. Not, not totally, because like, I like she's definitely curious, driven, and motivated by self improvement. And I'd say she's maybe restless, but unreliable. I wouldn't give her. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Um, never satisfied. I mean, maybe, but I'm thinking more like never satisfied in like learning. That doesn't right, seem like bookworm. a negative to me. Right. I wonder if John, um, what is the, uh huh, from Sherlock Holmes? No, no, I was thinking, uh, I was thinking in Sherlock Holmes, um, Watson, maybe. I don't think I've seen that. 
So Sherlock Holmes is number two guy. Um, in in any of the stories, like he's the guy oh, who follows him he, around. He's you know, the assistant guy. Maybe I don't know. I I didn't think about this out, so I was just thinking out loud. Anyway, okay, next the sage. We're on number six of twelve. Um, a wise figure with knowledge for those who inquire. This is the closest one to like an actual mentor role. Um, even though again, you know, I've said a million times they blend. Um, strengths include wisdom, experience, and insight. In terms of weakness, the sage may be overly cautious and hesitant to actually join the action. So maybe Yoda, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, he could be a combination of the sage and the magician for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anyway, a few other I famous ones. Yeah, you see, it makes sense. Yeah. Athena uh, from Greek mythology is one. Obi-Wan Kenobi from uh, Star Wars. Yes. Hannibal Lecter is an evil sage. Okay. So Hannibal Lecter, the cannibal, Hannibal the cannibal from um, Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. It's Anthony Hopkins. And it is. the cell. Yep. And, and he's giving her... He, I can't remember now. How does it You go? got it. You've got it. He He's helping Clarice, like a detective or something, yes. find a serial killer, Buffalo yeah. Bill. Yeah. yeah. And see, he's brilliant, but he doesn't actually join the action. He stays back. So he gives yes. her information. And in, uh-huh. in this case, he's an evil sage. He's not a good guy sage. So, so he's got wow. his own reasons and things. But yeah. Did you see that thing where he said, I can't remember what it was. It may be some award show or something, but he he actually met the real guy or a serial killer that he studied or something like that. <gasps> and he said that he didn't blink. And so he did that in the movie. There's not have, one single shot. You just made all my goosebumps raise up on my arm. <laughs> They're all attacking. Isn't that nasty? <laughs> oh my God. That's so weird. You should he watch He never his- blinks in the movie. You should watch Anthony Hopkins' TikToks. I adore him, but you should watch his TikToks. Like, he's he's Looney Tunes. He's <laughs> got some, yeah. He's got, well, he just did The Father, in which yeah. he's playing, like, a role of somebody who has dementia. And I'm like, but you're, yep. like, 90. Don't you have dementia? Yeah. And actually, I can't wait to see that movie because it's supposed to be from the perspective of someone that has dementia. So it's supposed to not make sense. It's supposed to break a lot of these rules. Cool. When you watch yeah. it, because you're you're supposed to feel confused and frustrated, like he is feeling like as he's he getting more demented, like more into into dementia. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to see that movie because again, it's it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be confusing, but it's supposed to be. It's supposed to elicit emotions out of you that are like, oh my god, this is what it's like to lose your memory because I'm wow. not following. Wow. I'm not following what's happening. So, I assume, but yeah, I'm excited for that. I love him. He's one of my top like he's five great. favorite actors. Yeah. Okay. So now, uh, oh, so for the sage, uh, Hannibal Lecter is the bad one. Dumbledore is the Harry Potter one. Again, with the magician. Like, they they have a lot of crossover. Um, but the sage being, like, you know, the mentoriest figure of all of them. Okay, the next one is called The Innocent. Um, a morally pure character, often a child, whose only intentions are good. Their strengths range from morality to kindness to sincerity. Their weaknesses um, are, they start with being vulnerable, naive, and minimally skilled. So Ron Weasley also falls into this category for sure. Um, Because he's just so sweet and naive, but he just also is like 
vulnerable and doesn't have a lot of skills where Hermione carries the wit and, you know, Harry carries the, I don't know, courage or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The starring role. I don't know. It should have been about Hermione is what I just heard. Yeah. I was like, I was you. Like, yeah. It should have been about Hermione. That would have been amazing with two, like, boys on her, on either flank. <laughs> uh-huh. You get it, girl. <laughs> so, um, some other famous innocents are Tiny Tim from uh, A Christmas Carol, um, Neville Longbottom. Yes, yes, yes You yes, said yes, Longbottom, yes. yeah. So, yeah, Neville Longbottom and Hagrid in Harry Potter. He's also the innocent, too. And he yes. moves, he was the innocent and the magician in the, the beginning. Magician. And yeah. then he moves kind of to the innocence, like just to the innocent role um, as Dumbledore takes the place of more of the mentor. There's just rules. I mean, I just like that this is like a like a chess game or something. <laughs> this is nom, Smokey. There are rules. Yeah. We're not just going to create a story. God, we're going to have rules. Um, okay. So uh, the next one is the creator. We're on eight. Um a motivated visionary who creates art or structures during the narrative. Strengths include creativity, willpower, and conviction. Their weaknesses are self-involvement, single-mindedness, and lack of practical skills. So um, famous creators include Zeus from Greek mythology, Dr. Moreau from Island of Dr. Moreau. He made all those like fucked up animal-human hybrids. It's a very scary oh. story. Um Willy Wonka is a creator. Um, yes. You know, again, creativity, willpower, conviction, weaknesses, self-involvement, single-mindedness, or lack of practical skills. And then in, in Harry Potter, we've actually got Voldemort. He's a creator uh-huh. and a okay. villain. I mean, he's a villain, but he's a creator because he's creative. He's got the willpower. He's got the conviction, but he's single-minded. He's self-involved. Uh-huh. And he also happens to be the bad guy. Okay. Uh, I see that. Yeah. Um, I also would argue if you watch any of the Marvel movies, which as we've established, Greg has made me watch, there's (laughs) that one movie in Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's the second one. Did you see any of those? The Guardians of the Galaxy movies? I saw the first one. Okay. The second one is like, there's a planet. There's a guy that is a planet and he looks like a human guy. It's actually Kurt Russell that plays him. Um, and I would say that he's the, he's a creator, too. He's an entire planet, and he's got good qualities, but he also has these bad qualities, too. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Number nine, the ruler. A character with legal or emotional power over others. The ruler's strengths include omnipotence, status, and resources. Their weaknesses include aloofness, being disliked by others, and always seeming out of touch. Um Famous rulers are like King Lear. Uh, another one would be, um, if you ever watched Game of Thrones, Joffrey. Um, mm-hmm. Joffrey is one of those, uh, just out of touch and like super spoiled, whatever. In terms of Harry Potter, I didn't write it down. I mean, you, I would argue it's like um, Fudge or something, like one of the Ministry of Magic's like leaders that just is out of touch and doesn't listen. Yeah. Um, Remember, there was some Ministry of Magic people that were really high up and they were not taking um, anybody seriously. Yeah. Um, I would say it would be somebody like that. Um, They have all the authority to be able to make change, but they're just not in touch with the main character. I see. Like emotionally. Um, Okay. The next one is the caregiver. 
a character who supports others and makes sacrifices on their behalf. So this is often a mother character. Um, among their strengths, caregivers are honorable, selfless, and loyal. Among their weaknesses, they lack personal ambition or leadership. Sometimes they even lack self-worth. Famous caregivers include Samuel Tarley from Lord of the Rings, Mary uh, Poppins, uh-huh. um, Harry Potter's parents. I would say Professor McGonagall touches on this a little bit because she's definitely like a nurturer caregiver. She's also yes. others, but... Um, You've got uh, Mrs. Weasley, yes. and I think Hagrid also changes into a big caregiver role after Dumbledore takes his place too. So I said he, I said he was um, the innocent, but I also would say that he sits on a caregiver um, yeah. kind of spectrum too. You he's know, wearing he, many hats here, yeah. And he doesn't care about himself as much, but like he's so he's so willing to sacrifice, like to help. Harry and the kids. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. The sound okay. of music. I'm thinking of that. I can't remember her name in that. Oh, um, Julie Andrews. But it, I mean, Julie that's the actress. Andrews. But um, the hell is her name? I don't know. The nun. Whatever. Yeah. I can't remember. That's shocking. My grandmother would be like, what the hell do you mean you don't remember? It's blank. Blah, 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 blah. What Dang is her it. name? I'm thinking Von Trapp is the family. M- that's Marie? the family. Marie? Maria? Maria. I don't know. Keep going. I'm going to look it up. No. I only saw it for the first time when I was like in my 30s. So. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I had never seen no it. No way. Yeah. My I mom can't was talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Julie it's Maria. Andrews, Baron and Maria. Yeah. Look at you. Baron. I mean. Wait. What the hell? I can't. I don't know. You were right. I would love um, information that actually was useful to me. <laughs> yeah. Stupid shit like this in my head. Um, but listen, whatever. It is what it is. No uh, lie. Okay. So the next one, we're on 11. And I'm sorry. I know this is so much information. I'm sorry. No. Okay. The next one is uh, The Everyman. A relatable character who feels... Um, Uh, So many feel that they recognize this person in daily life. So when it comes to strengths, they're just, they're grounded, salt of the earth, normal, relatable. In terms of weaknesses, they typically lack special powers um, and are often unprepared for what's to come. So famous everyman, Bilbo Baggins. Like, I'm not ready. I I can't do this. Like, whatever. Oh, hold on. Is that, that's the Hobbit? Uh, Yeah. It's okay, uh, right. it's the hot. Oh, yep. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And then Leopold Bloom, which is he was in the producers. If you ever saw that musical, um, with Nathan Lane and uh, Ferris Bueller, whatever his name is, Matthew Smith. I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing. I, not really. I don't know that I've ever even heard of the producers. Oh, it's so funny. It's so funny and cute. It's like an old. It's uh, Mel Brooks produced it and wrote it. Oh wow. It's funny. Um, there's a movie in it with um, Matthew Broderick. That was his name. God, my brain. Anyway, uh, Leslie Nope is the everyman. So, okay. You know, in uh-huh. uh, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. And then in Harry Potter, it would be, I don't know, all the muggles. Is my, like, all the muggles. The muggles. Maybe. The muggles being like the non-magic people. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. And last but not least... We've got the jester. 
Um, an intentionally funny character who provides comic relief but may also speak important truths. Um, strengths include the ability to be funny, disarming, and insightful. Weaknesses include the capacity to be obnoxious and superficial. We got George and Fred Weasley in Harry Potter. Yes, the brothers. Yep, they're there to make you laugh, um, to yeah. you know, bring you down a little bit when stuff gets intense. Um, but sometimes they get obnoxious and it's a little much, like for the characters. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there's one from my school days that I felt was left out of this. And again, this is a different list than the one. They all have different names and they're all variants right. of this list. But I feel like one that didn't really get covered was um, called The Shapeshifter. Um, and so uh-huh. it's also called the trickster. So this can be a good guy who turns out to be bad or vice versa. So if I had to pick strengths, cause I'm making this up. If I, I took this other one from a masterclass list, but I'm making this one up. Um, if I had to pick strengths, it would be the ability to camouflage, obviously blend in with everybody's surroundings that who they're with. Their weakness is that they um, are usually not upfront or as honest as the others. So they're, they're dishonest or they hide something. Um, in Harry Potter, Severus Snape. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always a good character because it, it could also be like in a lot of stories with the devil. It's like the devil comes in. So let's just even take Adam and Eve. He's a trickster. So uh-huh. he comes in as a snake. Trust me. Here's an apple. Oh, no, I shouldn't. No, you should. It's good. Like, trust me. I'm a snake. Huh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I paraphrase. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it went down. Trust me, I'm a snake today. <laughs> I feel like that was Genesis 22-22 or something. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he would be a trickster. And, it, you know, from good to bad guy, because his real motivations were hidden. Um, I think the same thing with Severus Snape, only it's the different way. You think he's bad, his intentions are hidden, but we, we come to find out later that his intentions were actually that he did care for you know, Harry's mother or whatever. Yeah. And he, I remember he was that. trying to look out for even Dumbledore and stuff too. Yeah. That was a good twist that I was like, because you fight so long. You're like, surely he's not that bad. Surely this is all a misunderstanding. Yeah. Like, no, he is. And then it, yeah. Good yeah, point. Was... And then it really pays off when you're like, ah, oh, I knew it. Like, uh-huh. I was you know, right. He wasn't even so though... bad. Yeah. 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 And that's probably because even though we're talking all this out, it's like it's like talking out the mechanics of how to walk. Even though it's like, oh my God, this is so much information. You naturally tend to know this and you tend yeah. to recognize it. And you just you just prove that because you're like, oh, I wanted him to be good. And my it's because your instincts were telling you already about these things that are already in place that you in your ingrained in you subconsciously already know you know all these characters you've seen them a thousand thousands of times so i'm sure your instinct was already pulling on that thread of going like i know he's going to be the trickster i know he's going to be the trickster yeah even though you can't put words to it or classify it in in like a written way you still know it in your instincts yeah no i agree with that completely because it's it's if it's the formula for all stories how often you've seen these maybe that the characters is different but the the type being the same yeah yep and then you just put them into a different situation how do these characters behave in this situation is one story versus a similar yeah he goes to something else i mean that's how 
J.K. Rowling wrote seven books because yeah. she kept following this <laughs> template and she just changed the situation. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So we're going to close with just a little bit of um, rules of great storytelling that Pixar tells us to do. Oh, okay. So Pixar gave some advice in an article and said, like, here are the things you should be kind of aiming for whenever writing any kind of a story. And I would, again, say, if you're watching a good story, pay attention for these things and see if they tick the box, because they should, mm -hmm. according to Pixar. So there's this article. I have to I have to cite it because I, like, really took a lot from it because um, it was really good. Uh, it was a Medium article written by Brian G. Peters, and there are six rules of great storytelling as told by Pixar. Number one. Great stories are universal. It's about taking something relatable to everyone. So things like birth, growth, emotions, aspirations, overcoming conflict, whatever. And then taking those elements and dropping them into a specific situation. So you can't just have some elitist like, and then my yacht was stolen. It's like, Oof. that's not gonna resonate <laughs> not relatable. with the 99%. Right. I'm sorry your yacht was stolen. I no, don't no. want to follow your you. journey. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> anyway, um, number two, great stories have a clear structure and purpose. So for structure, you can use, um, I love this. You can use the story spine. And I love I love this, and that's why I asked the question at the top, and I'll explain it in a second. The story spine um, was created by this playwright guy. His name's Ken Adams. And if you have this spine in place when creating a story, then all you need to do is fatten it up. So Pixar follows this model when writing its movies. It goes like this. Once upon a time, there was blank. You said, and again, I paraphrase, like there was a dog who walked over the river, right? So, so once upon a time, there was blank. Every day, blank. So you could even encompass those two things that you just said. Once upon a time, there was a dog who walked over the river. Like, you could presume every day or just once, whatever. Mm -hmm. One day, blank. You did that. Like, something like, he, he looked at the star. You didn't say one day, but you said, the dog looked up at the stars. Mm -hmm. And then, because of that, blank until finally blank. So that next piece, you said... So he kept coming back. So I'm, I'm breaking this up a little bit differently. So I'm going to read this cleanly. And then I'm going to repeat what you said. So okay. once upon a time, there was blank. Every day, blank. One day, blank. Because mm -hmm. of that, blank until finally, blank. Blank. Mm -hmm. That's the spine. Well, you basically did that. You can blend some of these sentences together. But you said, the dog walked across the river. And so that could be once upon a time there was blank, every day blank. Like he walked across the river, huzzah, set up. <laughs> yeah. One day blank because of that blank until finally blank. So one day blank, he looked up at the stars. Yeah. And because of that, he kept there coming back. Change. Yeah. So yeah. you didn't even realize on the spot you had six seconds to answer. You were, you told me a story in the spine in the story spine formula yeah and i've never because like, you've heard been of that. trained well it, do yeah. it doesn't matter you've been trained over stories and stories and stories and stories yeah that that's how you tell story i mean you could have easily said because i told you it needs a beginning a middle and an end you could have said like there was a cat she found a pineapple 
<laughs> the cat she was went to sleep. To pineapples. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then like, and then it had nothing to like. Each sentence could have nothing to do with it, and maybe I'm inferring like, com- like that the sentences have to do with each other. But it sounds to me like you you very loosely in three sentences, like, I mean, let alone this is five sentences that the spine is. So I'm blending yours in, but you fit the structure. And I think yeah. that that's really cool and really telling about most of us and our ability to tell stories because we've been exposed to it for so long. It's like a muscle that you, again, you might not know the name of it. You might not know the science of right. it, but you know how to move it. Yeah. Say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's- yes. You have the the model, even though you don't know it. Exactly, you don't consciously know it, but yeah. you are absolutely doing it. I mean, fucking cicadas—they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they're just the devil's children, and they're, they're just... climbing out of hell. <laughs> and they do it to come and fly, and then die. <laughs> they don't know that they're coming out after seventeen years. They haven't been keeping a calendar. They're just doing right. what they know to do. It's the same thing with us. We know we don't know necessarily how to articulate it. That's why people have studied it over the years. But that's also why so many different religions, Kendall, have so many common themes because we've all been trained to tell a story a certain way. This is how stories work. This is how stories work. And this is how they resonate. And this is how people remember stories. If it has these components, they stick and they go through time and they become folklore or they become religion, um, like religious texts or whatever. And and that's how it goes so it's very cool and like it's something that everybody has the equipment to do even if they don't know it yeah yeah very cool i mean even when you tell a story to a friend about what happened today you tell it in a certain way that you've been trained to tell it you know yep it goes through the model regardless exactly and and comedy back to our comedy episode is a satire of a story so stand-up comics will get up and tell a story just like a story Mm-hmm. But then they use those little holes in there to make jokes and repeat back to things. They use the same rules and principles of storytelling to make fun of stuff and make people laugh. Yeah. Ooh. I know. It's cool. crazy. So yeah. anyway, sorry, I went on a tangent. Um, almost done. So um, I talked about structure. The next part was about purpose in that sentence above. Um, it was like it needs to have structure and it needs to have purpose. So... You have to ask yourself when you're looking for a purpose of what you're reading, watching, or writing, you have to ask yourself these three questions. Like, why are you telling this story? What greater purpose does this serve? And what does it teach? Um, And if you can keep an eye out for those bigger pieces, then it'll definitely shine through. So, for example, a horror movie. If it's a horror movie, but it's a psychological thriller, like, remember, you had me watch, um, was it? That what was it called? One word. Them. What was it? What was it called? That one that it, I watched. No, it wasn't it. Um. Oh no, it follows. It follows. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, one word. It follows. Fucking idiot. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, no. So let's just take that one for an example. What's the purpose? Well, the purpose is not only to scare you with the jump outs and the scares, the scaresies. It's supposed to make you think about stuff. It's supposed to make you think about human behavior and you know how do you avoid this terror this darkness it's trying to get you and whatever it's, it makes you think it's not just like it's just coming for you and don't let it point it at you there was there was some thinking that had to be done and that's what made it i think a little bit better than like the typical like ree, ree, like just something's coming after you right zombie. that makes no sense why is it yeah. coming after you like what right. i think i told you this story before but 
when I was um, way too little, like eight or something, Halloween was on, like the movie Halloween was on cable. Uh-huh. Back when uh, we all had cable <laughs> yeah. as a regular thing. And it was just on because it was Halloween time or whatever. And um, my sister and I were watching it. And I said, I was just pointing to it. And I was like, why is he chasing her? Because I caught it in the middle of it. Uh, the guy in the mask, you know, the white mask and the overalls mm-hmm. and whatever coveralls. And he said, or she said, oh, that's his brother or that's her brother. And he's crazy. He just, he's like homicidal. He's crazy. And I was like, yeah, but why is he, why is he trying to kill her? I was eight, and I still had questions about the whole <laughs> Just that's not the like, way the model works. Yeah, what's, what's the motivation? Like, is he? Does he want like the money, or like, did right. she like wrong him in some is way? Like, jealous? what is the punishment? Like, right. yeah, is he jealous of her? Like, and my sister was like, "Why are you?" I mean, she knew what I was talking about, but she was like, "Don't ruin this. Like, just shut you're up. Eight. It's just a horror. Yeah. Like, if you're eight, shut up. Let's just." Jump when he jumps out. Like, that's all we got to do. It's easy. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. So that's that bit. And then um, number three, great stories have a character to root for, typically an underdog. Mm-hmm. So Pixar explains that we as the audience admire a character for trying more more for their success. Uh, nope. Nope. Rephrase. They, we admire a character more for trying than we do for their success. Mm. Um, in other words, uh, it's more about the character's journey than the destination. So yeah. becoming king is the end of the movie, but like the journey to get there is the whole the whole thing. Like like Lion King, Lion he king. becomes king, yeah. hooray, it's all fine. But that journey of self discovery and obstacles and stuff along the way is what we're interested it's in. The whole he's point. and yeah. he's an underdog because the whole kingdom is against him now. Because you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I'm I like. Do. Um, okay. Here's another example of that. Um, everyone loves a good rags to riches story. So Forbes often will publish an article about the entrepreneur who dropped everything, failed a bunch of times, um, but still somehow manages to make a multi-million dollar idea, you know, working out of his garage, whatever. I mean, that's a a very, uh, Mark Cuban even, you know, like I failed so many times, I lost count, whatever. I mean, those are the types of stories, including articles about people, biographies and things. That's the story format that we like to hear. Yeah. Um, Okay. Great stories appeal to our deepest emotions. So psychologists agree that there are six basic emotions, anger, disgust, fear, happiness, sadness, and surprise. Um, and actually in Pixar, they made a movie about that because it was yeah. in and out. Yeah. Or inside out, inside out. Um, you should always question yourself, Pixar says, in order to understand your own emotional reactions to stories so that you can learn to tell more authentic stories to others that reach and move people where it counts. So pay mm. attention to when you get sparked. So for instance, when you told me that Hannibal Lecter thing, like, the hairs stood up on my arm. Like that's something that Pixar saying, like pay attention when people tell you stories Mm -hmm. that really get a rise out of you, either if it's good or bad, anger, disgust, happiness, surprise, and then use those, that that stuff, use that ammunition when you tell stories, because it will definitely make people pay attention. Yeah. You got to hit one of those six chords. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then great stories are surprising and unexpected. Duh. Um, 
so usually Pixar says this is when perceptions of reality are challenged or changed. So creators um, like Pixar and Walt Disney use animated movies as vehicles to address real life phenomenons, issues, stereotypes, and norms. So for example, the movie Brave, which is that big haired, redhead, Scottish girl, mm-hmm. um, she helps us, or that movie helps us reflect on big human-centered topics that we might not otherwise take time out of our day to think about. So while it's technically a princess story, they kind of turn it on its head because it covers unusual princessy things like women bucking up against gender expectations, um, growing up and maturing, uh, and the, the emphasis on that, um, and therefore reprioritizing what you value. Um, mm not needing someone else to complete who you are. I mean, that's not a typical princess story. So they switched it around, even though she is technically a princess in the, in the Disney princess world. Um, and they Pixar says that's enjoyable to watch um, because it's unexpected. It's an unexpected. Yeah. 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 I see it. And then lastly, great stories are simple and focused. Um, it says, uh, have you ever watched a movie or read a book where you had to keep asking yourself or someone else, what the hell is happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's is not good storytelling, says Pixar. Yeah. Um, as creators, we naturally want to include as much information as possible in our stories. Um, we want to pack it full of characters and plot twists and dialogue to enrich it. But um, Pixar says that in story building, we may be adding unnecessary info that just dilutes the story. Um Pixar says to trim the fat, you should just combine characters and hop over detours. Um, it, so basically kill your darlings, like cut out, cut out a lot of the garbage, <laughs> cut out a lot of it. Um, if it means a lot to you, get over it. Cause you need to stick to the bare bones and it'll do better right. as a story when you're telling it to others. Like, again, think about when you're at work or something or with me, Jesus Christ, I, like, don't blame you. <laughs> and it's like, get to the point of the story, get to the point of the story. What, what is this? What, where are you going no. with this? Um, I know people who will even withhold it, like I'll uh-huh. ask. Uh-huh. So then, so I get it. I get what you're, I get the setup, but like what, ha- what happened? Are you all right? Or whatever. And right. then they just ignore that because they're enjoying the journey the so journey. much of telling the story uh, that you just have to sit through it. Have, so do you know cringy. people like that? Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. You're just like, I know the punchline. Just get to it already. Just come on. Yeah. Like, but then Jesus Christ, what happened? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But that's it, hon. That's it for today. Um, so now when you go back to reading The Stand or if you watch yes. a movie, pay attention yes. to – I know I threw a shit ton of information at you, but pay attention to some of these rules because you will see them. You definitely yeah. will see them. And actually The Stand has a lot of really oh, clear lot. characters in this um, that fit yeah. this template. I just met – I didn't just meet Mother Abigail, but like I'm just now getting to the part, which is halfway through the fucking book, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where they finally get to her and um, she's got that she I, she I see her already as like a couple of these archetypes but I'm interested to see what happens with like Nick and um, I think it's Tommy Tom yeah mm-hmm. and uh, Larry and the other Packers still on the way they haven't gotten to her yet but well, Stephen King knows how to write this. He knows this like the back of his hand. So um, this is something that I think you're going to find a lot of, yeah. I guess, I mean, he knows how to surprise. And again, that's a good storyteller is balancing these archetypes that you have to rely on, but also 
put them into situations where they may surprise you, but still act yeah. like they should. Yeah. The unexpected thing. Yay! Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, that's it, babe. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, this will be, yeah, I'm interested to see in the next couple things that I intake. I'm like, oh, da 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 That's that. You can't trick me. Yeah, she you can't trick me. Now, yeah. now every movie is ruined for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so listen, um, follow us on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube if you wish to see our faces, I guess. Um, and please give us a rating or review. Um, you can give us a review on Facebook. You can um, give us a review or a thumbs up or a thumbs up. There's no thumbs down option uh, ever on uh, YouTube. But just give us give us some feedback to, to show us that, you know, you like what we're doing and, and we'll keep going from there. Um, yeah, that's it, babe. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, let's do it. Let's do the three, two, onesies. Three, two one bye, bye.